Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel. Awesome new and existing user promotions, America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. How are we doing? Super Bowl Sunday right around the corner. Very, very excited. Last game for a long, long time, so we got to enjoy it. Big show coming up. Hit on a couple things. Uh, Before we dive into Stucky, who we recorded actually at the end of last week, basically just the spread on the game, some different props, just a lot of different ways to gamble. I I was at the volume party last night and we talked about, someone brought it up to me that the amount of money supposedly going to be bet on this Super Bowl is double the highest amount potentially ever, which makes sense, right? Factor in all these states, gambling's legal now. So, you know, it's, it's fun. I mean, most of us have been playing squares since the 90s now that we can bet cold, hard cash on not just the point spread, but the props. Uh, I really enjoy it. Love the over Chris Stapleton on the, uh, the national anthem. He, he's going to play that bad boy up. So, Middlecoff Mailbag. I might put one out <clears throat> on Sunday. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs as well. Colin is going to come on the show after the Super Bowl on Sunday. So look for that on Monday morning, reacting to what we witnessed in the game. Very, very excited. And uh, and yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into Stucky and some takes. Before we dive into football, because that's what this show is about, Super Bowl week, kind of a big deal. Most watched uh, television show in America coming up Sunday afternoon. I want to tell you about my friends at Game Time. Go to your smartphone. Download the Game Time app. It's just the fastest growing ticket app in America. Concerts, games, you name it, they got you covered. Type in the promo code John if you're a first time user, J O H N, and get $20 off your first pair of tickets. You want to go to a concert? You want to go to a game? Spring training's right around the corner. You want to come out to beautiful Scottsdale? Go to some spring training games. Dodger fan, Giants fan, Cubs fans, I think the Cubs player. If they don't, uh, Cardinal fan, you name it. J O H N, $20 off. If you're an Eagles fan, if you are a Chiefs fan and you're making some late night or last second decisions to come to the Super Bowl, Volume 100. Volume 100 gets you $100 off Super Bowl tickets. You want to watch your team. Both teams going for their second Super Bowl. You know, the Eagles won in 17 and the, you know, the Chiefs just won a couple years ago. So 
You get to witness, get to be on top of the football world, volume 100, save yourself a little cash, come enjoy the game, highly recommend it. Where do I want to start? Uh, yesterday, or on Wednesday night, if you're listening to this on Friday, a couple days ago, the volume, and my guy Coward and the boys, threw a party. And was at the party, having some beers, you know, staying low-key, nothing too crazy. And when I was leaving the party at like 11 o'clock, very responsible, going home, you know, just going to get a little shut eye, had some work to do today. Everyone in the Uber lines like, oh, my God, Kevin Durant got traded. And I was like, Kevin Durant got traded. And then obviously he gets traded to the to the Phoenix Suns. He's coming to the desert. So waste management's here. The Super Bowl's here. And Kevin Durant's headed here. And obviously Kyrie got traded a couple of days ago. And just in general. The NBA players are moving around at rapid speed. One thing that really hit me this week, and I didn't go to Radio Row, not really my thing, though there were some players that I would have enjoyed talking to. If I could do it over again, maybe I would have gone at least one day. But one thing the the NFL and football in general has going for themselves that obviously the NBA no longer does is that when I open Twitter today, and I see, oh, Micah Parsons at Radio Row, or oh, Debo Samuels at Radio Row. You know as a Cowboy fan, as a 49er fan, I saw T. Higgins. I mean, countless players are there, right? They go because the way this works is when you go as like Debo Samuel, Wells Fargo pays you 50 grand or 100 grand, and you just make the rounds. It's easy money. It's fun. It's cake. Obviously, if you're Joe Montana, you know, Tom Brady, people would pay him a million dollars to do three hits, but he doesn't even need the money. But all these guys are getting paid to go and they have a good time. And it's just come and they party at night. It's the easiest money they'll ever make. And it kind of hit me that like in the NBA and in basketball, it's just become this mercenary league. Guys are going in the prime of their career to like six different teams. It's just like I can't even keep up. I've honestly tapped out of basketball. And I'm someone that grew up in the 90s, idolized Michael Jordan, loved the National Basketball Association. I'm kind of out. I just can't really follow it. Too too much movement. Like, it's jumped the shark. Where in football, even when things get really weird, Lamar Jackson, hell, Jimmy Garoppolo last year, for the most part, if the team wants you to stay, you stay on the team. And us as fans benefit. And then when you get really good players, like if I'm a Cowboy fan and I'm watching Micah Parsons, do you know what I know? The only thing that is going to prohibit Micah Parsons from being on my team for a long time is an injury. He's going nowhere. And at the end of the day, when we're young, because most of you are listening to this and you like football or you like sports, you develop that. You know, if you're a guy and most of our listeners are men, at like seven, eight years old, nine, 10 years old, and you root for teams. Like most people you meet, it's like, oh, I'm from Dallas. Well, you're probably a Cowboy fan. Oh, I'm from Philly. You're probably an Eagle Eagle fan. Oh, I'm from the Bay Area. You probably like the 49ers. Obviously, occasionally you can meet someone, you know, from like Nevada that's a Packer fan, whatever. But for the most part, you grow up somewhere and you root for teams. And that team, if they're good, has really good players. But you root for the team. And the NFL has built this absolute behemoth which they are on top of the world. And when it comes to sports, it ain't even close. I got an alert on my phone the other day from The Athletic. It said, breaking news, uh, 3 million people watched LeBron break Kareem's scoring record. 
you know that over 6 million people does not include myself, but I said it from the beginning. A lot of people are going to watch this stupid event. Watch the flag football Pro Bowl game. More than 3 million people watch Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and fucking Derek Carr run around in shorts, t-shirts, and a red flag. Then LeBron James break the scoring record. Now, you couldn't have paid me to watch LeBron James break the scoring record. He doesn't do it for me. I find him kind of boring at this point in time. It doesn't mean anything to me. But you couldn't have paid me to watch the Pro Bowl either. I talk about football. Granted, I did flip it on, and then I immediately turn it off. I'm like, it's not for me. Six million, three more million people watch. One of the things the NFL is going for them is when players get drafted to a team, they stay on that team if the team wants them. And you can say it's unfair, and obviously sometimes when it gets some of this contract negotiation, the team has the advantage. Uh, unless you're a quarterback, then you're always kind of going to break the bank. But for most of the position players, they kind of get you know screwed relative to like if they ever truly hit free agency. Though they're still well compensated. It's the fans' benefit. And the sport of football has it built in naturally that they only play once a week, so there's limited inventory. But I think one thing that we don't talk enough about is the core players, the good players on your team. Look at the Eagles. Travis Kelsey, excuse me, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham. Those guys have been on the team since I worked for the Eagles. I haven't worked for the Eagles in a decade. Look at the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey is going to play on the Kansas City Chiefs probably for like 12 to 13 years. Chris Jones is going to be the entire prime of his career is going to be on one team. That matters. And when the NBA was king, when I was a kid in the 90s, when Michael Jordan made that sport as popular as the NFL and baseball, that's the way it was. The really sweet players, for the most part, stayed on the squad that they were drafted to in their primes. And that benefits the business of the sport, which is ultimately how the players get paid. And right now, football's kind of got it all rolling. And it just it really stuck out to me watching these star players go around Radio Row like, you know, it's football has <laughs> got a really good thing going. And speaking of that, one thing the NFL does a good job of is, you know, constantly adapting, making tweaks, doing things. I mean, when I was in the NFL, there were like three or four Thursday night football games a year. <clears throat> Obviously, for the last five or six years, every single team plays. Last year, they pivoted from, you know, normal Fox or NFL Network to a streaming service. Roger Goodell said the other day that they will entertain and probably flex Thursday and Monday night football games. Now, obviously, with Thursday night football, you would have to give teams a couple week head start. Monday, you would probably have more flexibility, but they're always willing to do things. And this is not, I don't, I'm not, I didn't set out to make this podcast a shit on basketball, but the most important partner you have as a sport is your television partners. That's where you make the money. And if I'm TNT or ESPN and I constantly have basketball games where these guys are sitting out, like that's not good business for us, given that we're paying you. Yet in football, these networks and Amazon and CBS and NBC pay so much money for these football games because, as you've seen, they're the most watched television shows in this country. So it's well worth it. But the NFL always goes above and beyond to take care of them. And ESPN for a long time used to get screwed on Monday Night Football because their network talked a lot of shit about football. Honestly, they had a period where it felt like anti-football. So Roger's like, okay, you're getting crappy games. Well, they pivoted 
and they've gotten more being positive about football, and they've gotten better games. They've made more of an effort. They signed Troy and Joe. Now we will do everything in our power to get you better games moving forward. And the Thursday night game, while a little, not an ideal situation, uh, but I will say this, and I'm not some lover of Thursday night football. When Thursday night, when there is an NFL game on Thursday, we all benefit. And 15 million people watch it for a reason, because it's the one thing we can't agree in this country, we will consume football. So Roger, again, showing that he will adapt in the league as a whole, and they will do whatever it takes to take care of the most important partner they will ever have. And that is the person with the streaming services forever. It's been this broadcast channels. It'll eventually be on Amazon, Netflix, and Apple Plus one day. But the people that are broadcasting their games, because that's who butters their bread. Like in this business that I'm in, you know who butters my bread? You guys listening, and then through you guys, the advertisers. Without you listening, and then the advertisers would not exist. Right? The reason the NFL and these networks are willing to spend so much money is because the amount of people, us the fans, watch. Right? I was talking to someone about Tony Romo the other day. Obviously, he took some crap about CBS not happy with his performance. And one thing I listen, and maybe I'm more of a critical guy by nature. It's in my wiring. Uh, I, I wouldn't say to lean negative, but when I'm watching sports, I, I think I just can turn into a fan fast. Like, what the hell was that? Well, that was a terrible play call. What was that throw? That's how most of us react on our couch. It doesn't mean we believe that we could make the throw or that we would make the open field tackle in the NFL, but that's our reaction sitting on the couch, drinking up Coke Zero, eating some snacks. You know, so Tony Romo really struggles at like kind of being critical and the NFL, like CBS is on him because clearly they don't think he's doing a good job and they need him to be better because they're most like, this is the most important partner they will ever have. So the NFL will do jump over hoops when it comes to taking care of their TV partners. And listen, you know who usually gets mad? Like the coaches, because they never ask the coaches what they think because they don't care. They just say, listen, cash the check and we'll figure it out later the owners and the TV partners Uh, for the Super Bowl that's right around the corner. I'm going to take the Chiefs. And from a gambling perspective, I'm definitely taking them in the points. Uh, I don't feel great about it, right? Like uh, to me, in a perfect world, this game is basically a coin flip. Now, if Mahomes was 100% healthy and you didn't even think about his high ankle sprain, I would, I, I think the Chiefs would easily be favored. I mean, he's the best player potentially, I mean, he's going to go down as maybe he'll never, I, I don't think, eclipse Brady in terms of accomplishments. He's never winning seven Super Bowls. But I think when it's all said and done, we might go, that's the best individual talent we've ever seen. And you could argue he's already like in the, he's for argument's sake, he's already right there. Like you could have that conversation sitting at a bar. I think Mahomes is the best player I've ever seen. And I've seen Brady. I've seen Favre. I've seen Rodgers. I've seen Peyton. You know, fuck, I've seen Aaron Donald. I've seen Ray Lewis. I've seen them all. Like that might be the best individual NFL player I've ever seen. And that will just be typically my strategy when it comes to football. And I just have the same strategy in the NBA. You have the best player because they have the best player. Now in football, it's a little different. Like if your best player is a D tackle or a guard or a safety, you don't feel as confident. But when it's the quarterback, I'm going to lean him. And I'm also going to lean in two weeks. He was gimpy against that game against Cincinnati. And obviously the Eagles have an elite pass rush. It's special. Redick, probably it went Bosa, Micah Parsons, him in terms of edge pass rushers. Hargraves, stud. Sweat, really good player. Brandon Graham, Fletcher can still give you good reps. 
So that pass rush, there's a reason. I, I think their pressure rate per snap was the best in the NFL. The only team, the second best team was the Cowboys. Like they get after your ass. Now, I do believe that if Mahomes is healthier than he was two weeks ago, which clearly his ankle injury wasn't as bad as we originally thought when we threw out the world high ankle sprain. I'm not saying he doesn't have a high ankle sprain, but clearly not high. All all high ankle sprains are the same. So I expect him to be, you know, much closer to 100% than whatever the hell we saw against the Bengals. And we saw him against the Bengals, like, refuse to lose that game. And Tony's healthy. I guess Hardeman's out. But I just, Kelsey, I just feel the Chiefs are going to find a way. And when I think about Kansas City and this kind of era of Mahomes, and the Eagles have had a fantastic season. I'm not saying they, like, if you tell me Jalen Hurts hits the passes that he, I mean, he was way off against the 49ers. He was off. I mean, he missed a go route by about seven yards to A.J. Brown. He missed a couple other throws that Spagnola, say what you want about him, has had some legendary defensive schematic game-calling performances in the Super Bowl. And that was against Belichick and Tom, right? Like he has he has come to fucking play when the lights have been the brightest as a defensive coordinator in this game. And I expect him to do the same. Like, I, I'm just sorry. Like, I'm taking Spags as a defensive game planner against Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni. I, I, I just am. Because I've seen him do it at the highest level. And the one thing, like in this game, clearly, you just make Jalen beat you. Doesn't mean he can't. He did earlier in the season when he was on. Uh, But the guy we saw a couple weeks ago, even if you're an Eagles fan, you have to admit he didn't look great. He did not look great throwing the football. So uh, I'm going Chiefs. And uh, very, very excited. It's kind of bittersweet, right? Last game of the year. Uh, don't have a football game if you count the preseason, which let's face it, it's always great in theory. And then the preseason game, you turn it on. You're like, yeah, this kind of sucks. But you were a long way away from early September when either the Eagles or Chiefs are hosting whoever. Right. So enjoy it. Uh, the game's always fun. It's It's become, you know, it's been the biggest game in the country for the majority of my life. But it's become an, an event all onto itself. I know a lot of people argue that the day after the Super Bowl should be a uh, should be a holiday. Uh, I, I can't. The one thing I can't totally relate to, just because I've usually either had a radio show the next day, or I worked in the NFL, had to go to work uh, about football, and now doing this. Like I do work around the foot the Super Bowl in terms of like I, I do it for a job. So I, I've never. I don't think I've gotten drunk during the Super Bowl since like Cal Poly. 0506. Uh, but I know a lot of you do enjoy it. Um, I, I eat a lot during the Super Bowl. I mean, a ton, like everybody. The the rules of discipline in terms of what goes into your body go completely out the window. Everything you see, you put into your body. Dip, burritos, uh, sliders. I mean, everything in eyesight, chicken wings. If you go to a party, the snacks, like th- there is no party that consistently gets me to eat more than a Super Bowl party or anything necessarily re- relating around sports. I feel like I eat more on Super Bowl Sunday than I do on like Thanksgiving or I do on Christmas. <laughs> you know, you just lay out the food. I am eating the shit out of everything I see. And that's like quarter one just ended. I'm like, haven't even scratched the surface of what is going 
into this mouth. So uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. You know, we still have a couple teams without coaches. I think at this point in time, it's pretty clear that both teams will wait till after the Super Bowl. I, I guess you could assume that maybe one of the coaches, if not two of them, are coming from this game. That would probably mean that both guys are getting nabbed from the Eagles, Steichen and Gannon. But you never know with old Jim Ursay. A little weird, a little bit of bizarre. We usually have a lot more clarity with teams that fired their coaches. I mean, think about this. Arizona fired their guy the day after the season, right? I mean, that's even if the owner knew. The Colts fired Frank Reich like four months ago. I mean, what, what, when did Frank get fired? Like middle of October, early October? And they still haven't, you, you talk about no team in the NFL. Them and Carolina had an enormous head start. What are we waiting on here? What, what, how's it taking you this long? I'm sorry, Jim, if people think this is a little bizarre. Because I, I think it all gets back to that they kind of wanted to hire Jeff Saturday. And Jim Ursay was just looking for a reason to be able to pull the trigger. And maybe guys are trying to talk him out of it. But the other, I guess one more story before we get out of here is that Derek Carr visited the Saints. Um, I, I've said over and over, I think he just belongs in a dome. Uh, the NFC South, I think all those teams, if he does get cut and we're four or five days away from that, if he doesn't accept the trade, the South makes a lot of sense. He, he is not a cold-weather quarterback, so playing Saints in the Dome, Tampa's going to need a quarterback, really good weather, and uh, the Carolina Panthers, which probably has the worst weather of the three teams, obviously the Saints don't have weather because they're indoors, would make some sense too. Frank clearly likes veteran quarterbacks. So uh, I think by this time next week, we get a, some clarity on, one, whether Derek's going to accept a trade. He has that right because he's got a no-trade clause and kind of where he's leaning. Uh, maybe he's just taking his time. What's the rush? Because if he does get cut, he's got a month jump to make his decision. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Derek, I know Jimmy technically has accomplished more, uh, right? Winning playoff games. He's got four playoff victories to his name. Now, you could argue three of those four playoff victories, he didn't have to do that much. Played pretty good against the Cowboys. Yeah, but even that game two years ago, he wasn't great. So, you know, I to call him some like super accomplished player, like he's been a part of really good teams. I think Derek Carr, like Derek's never won a playoff game. And hell, there's a chance Derek Carr's never going to win a playoff game. But Derek's pretty durable. You know, Jimmy gets hurt a lot. So I think if you're having to decide on those two guys, now here's the other element, salary cap league. How much am I paying these two guys? Obviously, Derek is going to be more expensive than Jimmy. So can I get Jimmy for like $10 million? Probably not. But do I got to pay Derek $35 million? Um, this is going to be what we're going to talk about for the next month because a lot of stuff's going to go down the pipe. So let's dive into Stucky. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Okay, right now, download FanDuel. Use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. You can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything. Money line, point spreads, who's going to score the first touchdown. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. Join FanDuel today. Promo code Colin to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-717 for confidential health in Michigan, 1-877-HO P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Back at it again for the last time till the fall. My man Stucky. Uh, we've given a lot of bets. I know uh, I haven't talked to you since, but I, I hit a golf I hit Max Homa last week. I put $100 on him, won $2,200. I put, then oh, put two Gs on basically Brock Purdy's right arm, but I didn't know Brock Purdy's right arm wasn't going to work. So uh, those two Gs, I might as well just flushed it down the toilet. I did, though, put a future on Max Homa to win the U.S. Open because he's played there before at L.A. Country Club. So I, I didn't waste all my money, but the majority of it I, I did. And shows you, you know, gambling, the highs are high. <laughs> the lows are... Uh, Lows are pretty low. What's up, man? Yeah, what's going on, brother? Um, yeah, I think I think we went three and one on the props last week. One of them that we lost was McCaffrey under rushing yards, which I knew was done as soon as four downs ran out on quarterbacks. Um, and yeah, it just goes to show you, like in sports and, and especially in betting, like nothing's a guarantee, nothing's a lock. Don't bet over your head because things like this happened. We had an NFC Championship game where one team didn't have a quarterback. Um, so yeah, it was the look and Eagles fans get mad at me on Twitter. You can say that they had the 
the easiest path I've ever seen in my life. And they can still be good. Like, both things can be true. Uh, you're not often going to get to play the Giants and then a team without a quarterback. I'm still confused, though, why – and I didn't. I haven't paid attention enough of what the Shanahan pressers. I'm sure you have, because they're done playing. But why go with a quarterback who can't run and throw in the second half? Like, why not? I know they don't have practiced the Wildcat, um, but but the Eagles also haven't practiced against it. I, I felt like Purdy in there with being incapable of throwing, right? And he's not a a, a guy that's going to be mobile, run all over the field. Why play with a? It's the last game of the year. Why play with a quarterback who can't run or pass? That was that was crazy to me, but Shanahan basically. I mean, as soon as Purdy got hurt, then Johnson got hurt. That yeah, no. So he justified it by saying that they could just run every single run play they had <laughs> instead of doing the wildcat. Where, like you said, they they don't work on it, and they basically just have two runs, you know, off the wildcat. So at least with Purdy, who can't throw, well, I guess he did throw a couple screen passes, but you can't basically throw probably ninety eight percent of your passing plays. Yeah. Uh, was just because they could run every run play. But as like Kittle was saying, they, they were putting like six and seven defensive linemen in the game. So, and it was obvious pretty quickly that, you know, he was compromised. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just an all time disaster, bro. I mean, there's yeah, nothing. It's 49ers and injuries. It was kind of like a culmination of the past couple of years. It's the team's so good when healthy and it, they just, that just ended up being their demise. What do you think about the, and the other problem I have before and before we move on? Is why not on in a you know high stakes game NFC Championship Super Bowl why not carry three quarterbacks like do you really need the the last if you if you run your first especially with the concussion rules right like hit your head someone spots you you're, you're out done. yeah um so you can yeah can you just go like, hey let's who cares about this fifth safety um if we run out of our first two quarterbacks our season is over uh so I think you might see now people don't you don't really think that until you see something like this. So I think you might see more teams carry three quarterbacks in these high stake games. I think the pro- the problem because the Niners did start the season with three quarterbacks: Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy. <laughs> no. Two of them were on the sideline in sweats, grab assing, smiling, and fucking around. So uh, the Forty yeah, Niners, yeah. you know, someone yeah they I ran mean, out of all their quarterbacks. My girlfriend yeah. kept saying, "Does this ever happen?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, it has never happened that a team has made it this far on the basically their fifth quarterback." Because for a split second, yeah. you're like McCaffrey's going to have to go. It's just, it's unheard of. Usually if I tell you a team's rattling through quarterbacks throughout the season, you're like, they're going to be a top 10 for sure, maybe top five drafting team. They're usually not good. And the irony of this whole thing is Purdy was their best quarterback. So they were, crazy. it was like, and still watching them talk this week, it's like they saw a ghost because they feel they didn't even get a shot. You know, the Eagles might have beat them straight up, but they might not have. The, the, The way we saw it, and there's nothing wrong like, the Eagles made a lot of incredible moves, right? The last couple of years, Hargraves, Reddick, a couple of years ago, trading for Slay, anyone could have had him. The, the offseason move of uh, the draft day move, pick 17 for AJ, like drafting Jalen Hurts. Like they set themselves up to be in a position to be really sweet. But I was texting with a Packer buddy the other night and I was like, think of all the teams you've had with Rodgers and all the matchups you've got over the years. Now you've lost a majority of them, but at least it's been Russell Wilson, some of these Niner teams, t- Tom Brady. You're looking at the fucking yep. Eagles. You're like, what the hell, man? You know, it's it's pretty yeah, incredible. It's, and the whole they had the easiest schedule during the regular season too. But yeah, at least for 49ers fans, you take solace in the fact that look, I mean, now you have Brady is retiring. Who Rodgers, we're going to go to the Jets. The apparently. NFC sucks. The <laughs> NFC is, is bad, and the 49ers just keep a quarterback healthy, and they'll probably be back in this game next year. Well, that's, you know, then the night game, 
you start realizing you and I are similar ages. Like, you know, you hear these stories growing up, like Marino, Elway, Montana, and then it led right into like Favre and Young to Peyton. And you're watching Mahomes and Burrow. You're like, holy shit. And then you start looking at the other quarterbacks in the AFC. And who knows? Maybe Sean Payton gets Russell Wilson back to just solid. Deshaun just as solid. I mean, it's just yeah. it's so deep with Pro Bowl level guys that you go. The AFC is just a completely different animal. Yet the Chiefs, you know, third Super Bowl, four years, uh, five straight AFC Championship games. Regardless of what happens in the Super Bowl, right? Are they are they going to be the betting favorite in the AFC to come out again, or at least you know tied with with the Bengals? I mean, they're not going anywhere. What's crazy about the Chiefs? is how many young guys, like they feel like they've been this, they're actually a completely different team. Bunch of rookies in their defensive mm-hmm. backfield. Karlovskis, you know, the young pass rusher. Chris Jones is still relatively young. Obviously, they've proven that they can just take some random guys on offense. Sky Moore, you think, will be better. Pacheco's young. They got their draft picks. Like, they're not going away. <laughs> and clearly, Andy, you know, is better than like Sean McDermott, for example, or Brandon Staley. So it's like they, they just have, they just feel like the powerhouse moving forward in the Bengals. You know, as a buddy with the Chiefs said, you know, the one thing this offseason with the Bengals, paying Burrow, paying Higgins. You know, it's yeah. it's not just everyone on cheap deals anymore. Yeah, so the Chiefs have a well-run organization. Um, good, good. Dra- they've drafted well of late, which is the key because Mahomes is not on the no. a rookie deal. And that's the benefit that the – Bengals have right now, which is not going to last forever. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions. And that's not the most well-run organization. So we'll see how they handle all of that. I mean, basically, they just locked into Joe Burrow, and then they drafted a couple of good receivers. And then from there, you know, they've good good defensive coordinator. But it's not like they have a great track record. So we'll see how they handle that. That's the big question with the Bengals. Yeah, AFC is loaded. Um, but it's funny that – and this is the big talking point going into the Super Bowl – the Chiefs are an underdog right now. Well, is that just because of the injury? Yeah, that's because of the injuries. Uh, there's injuries at receiver. There's you know Jerry Sneed at corner concussion. I think that he'll he'll be fine by then. Although I don't have no real info on that. I I bet the Chiefs is an underdog. Um, look, I, I think the Eagles are really good. Their roster is really good. They're going to have the advantage in the trenches on both sides. Um, but I mean, this is Patrick Mahomes is an underdog in the Super Bowl. I think that they'll have some of the receivers back healthy. They also have two weeks to figure some stuff out, to get the whole playbook out. The coaching staff, the quarterback have the experience advantage. And this Eagles defense just – I mean, look, who who have they – what offense have they faced all year? So I think they're good, but I, this is going to be kind of like a shock in a way after going – you played the team with no quarterback and then you played the Giants to get here. And then maybe the best offense you faced all year was the – the Lions in Week One, when you gave up thirty-five, I mean, honestly, that's if you look at their look at their schedule. I mean, that that could be it. I mean, yeah, I, mean I guess the Cowboys, who were really inconsistent, but well, the Cowboys but lit them when up they as played well. them in a dome, and now they're playing in a dome where you're just a little faster. Now it was Minshew playing, but that Christmas Eve day, I, every time I looked up, the Cowboys are scoring. You know, it's not yeah, like they got the thirty-five as well. So yeah, I think that the defense that defense might. Be a tad overrated, but look, the team is good. There's some holes on the Chiefs' defense, but the Chiefs, I mean, Spagnuolo always comes up with a great game plan, and I think we'll have one here. And Hurts, like, can Hurts go toe-to-toe, needing to drop back more? You're seeing teams understand how they run the ball. You saw that with the 49ers with Hurts, 
and he wasn't really consistent throwing the ball last week. I mean, they were they were they were getting outgained in the first set. They averaged like four yards per play. And Hertz usually is, and he had an MVP caliber season, but he's usually in a game state where they're running the ball and they have a lead because they played nobody all year and they they were also really good. But this is still Patrick Mahomes. Uh, can Hertz drop back and keep up? Um, I'm not so sure. I think it'll be a great game, but I, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. Um, I I had to take it. Well, the, the the crappy part about the injuries is like we didn't get to see the schematical, like what the Niners and the Eagles were going to look like. Yeah. Early on in that game, they were not doing their crazy, like up the field, wide nine, 49er defensive pressures. They were kind of taking a step and making him stay behind the line of scrimmage. And you could yeah. tell it was, he ain't Peyton Manning. And especially yeah. where he's telling Aaron Andrews or whatever for the game, I'm still injured. So he's yep. not right, and he's never been a pinpoint passer. He is a good explosive down the field passer, and that was a little off for him. He overthrew A.J. Brown on the one. <laughs> Other ones he kind of left short. Yep. That's an area to me on those go routes. He's When he was healthy, he was dominating. And if yep. that's a little off, he's not going to like pick you apart. Now, they can run the ball, and their offensive line, you know, uh, obviously is really good, but... You know, I I'm with you. I'm t- I'm taking the Chiefs now. You know, maybe with the Eagles' luck, maybe Mahomes actually breaks his foot. You know, in the first quarter, and they just you know win by twenty. But I, I think, like you said, Mahomes. What what percent would you give him against the Bengals? Was he sixty five percent hobbling around? Yeah, I would say probably like yeah. As far as mobility, probably yeah, mo- like sixty mo- sixty five. Arms. Um, I expect him to be like, and he's the type of quarterback. I mean, twice we've seen him hobble just absolutely rip apart defenses. Um, I, I would say he's probably going to be, you know, two more weeks with the sprained ankle. And obviously it wasn't like a devastating sprained ankle. Give him two more weeks. I think, you know, obviously he'll, he'll get shot up here. It's a Super Bowl, um, taking all kinds of painkillers. And I think it'll be closer to like 80, 90%. So he'll have some more mobility uh, here. And, you know, the Eagles zone heavy defense, I think that he'll be able to pick apart. I think Kelsey will have a big game. So I don't think the Chiefs are going to have – I think they're going to have a great game plan. I don't think that they're going to have any issues moving the ball. I also played a little bit of an over, which is still – I think you can still find 50 and a half. I like it up to there. 51 is a key number. Um, I think the Eagles will be able to run the ball on the Chiefs. And the Chiefs defense, look, I mean, there's there's definitely some holes there. And these are two teams that like to use tempo. And I think the Chiefs are going to come out and use a lot of tempo because that's one of the – one of the strengths of this Eagles defense is their depth up front. And one of the ways that you can kind of neutralize that is using tempo. Um, so I think this will be a fast-paced game, an exciting game. And I, I like the over up to up to 50 and a half. 50 one's a key number. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going Chiefs riding with Mahomes and uh the over here. Um, as far as the side and the total. Well, one thing, like in theory, when Jalen's right, they, the Eagles are a really good dome team, right? They have explosive pass rushers, they got explosive yep. wide receivers, their running backs are all fast, their quarterback can run. So, you know, maybe that's a little bit more of an advantage for them, assuming Jalen's a little, you know, healthier. But it's hard to tell. Like, with Mahomes, you can tangibly see him gimping. With Jalen, you can't really tell. It just kind of looks off from when he was really good, right? It's hard to quantify. You just see more throws that are just off and off target, and they look a little different. Um, Yeah, and and it's not as simple as, uh, yeah, just the ankle. And, okay, you see on the first play, all right, how hobbled is he? Um, so you're right. It's 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 more difficult to discern. And then the other thing here is that yes, there there is the added uncertainty. It's the reason why the Eagles basically this line came out and better said 
you know, more sophisticated better said, look, I'm taking the Eagles just because there's this all this uncertainty and I, it can come back the other way. Because, um, look, you have all the receivers, you have a corner, you've had an offensive guard that got banged up, a linebacker. They said, look, I'm going to take the, the – with all the uncertainty here, I'm going to take the Eagles. And then we started to see it come back. I ultimately think the Chiefs will close his favor. But you got to remember, uh, in this Super Bowl, in the playoffs – a line moving from one, you know, plus one to minus one is basically meaningless because zero means nothing. You can't tie. So you're going through a dead, a completely dead number. Yeah. But I think ultimately, as long as there's just some positive updates at that receiver, um, and I think Snead will get confirmed in two weeks from a concussion, as long as it's not too bad. I think the Chiefs will ultimately take more money, more sharper money as uh, sharper money as the game approaches. We'll see them close as a, a small favor. Okay, let's let's do some props. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the, I would say probably the most casual prop that most people just are kind of interested in, especially now that gambling's legal in so many places, is the anthem over under. And when I saw that Chris Stapleton is the anthem singer, I mean, anyone that's listened to Chris Stapleton knows, I mean, he he draws out some verses now. You know, this is not, he ain't just firing through these really quick. You know, if, if he was a golfer, he's playing five-hour rounds, not two and a half. So I love the over with Chris Stapleton. I, I think he's really going to let this thing rip. You know, I mean, I it's you know two uh, two minutes thir- three seconds. I'm taking the over now. I, I'm pretty sure from a gambling perspective, it typically like hits under, but I, I just think Stapleton could go like five minutes to sing the anthem. Yeah, the the dramatic singers um, they tend to go over on the open, so this is key. Like if you if you like the over here, you want to bet this as soon as you can, and these aren't like you can't bet like. A hundred thousand dollars. These aren't like uh, yeah, they limit huge you. limits. So they <laughs> so they move quick, and then as the game approaches, these the practices, the you know the uh, rehearsals get out, <laughs> and then the number gets like right on. Um, so yeah, if you like the over, which I I would tend to do, the the dramatic, more drawn out singers, you want to bet it sooner because it'll just get more and more efficient um, as people. Yeah, you know, someone's someone's buddy is there. That's the sound guy who's texting someone, and then ends up texting everyone. It's on a message board, and it's like, here's the exact amount, and then it gets bet with a ton of you know five hundred to five hundred hour bets, and then it gets shaped. So yeah, but I would agree. I don't, I don't mind that, and hopefully start out with a winner. I, I found this the position of MVP. You know, obviously quarterbacks are never going to be great odds because they're going to win it more often than not. Now we've seen before, you know, position guys. You know, Edelman the one year. But if you look at these two teams, I mean, Travis Kelsey's going to go down as the greatest receiving tight end of all time. And Goddard, you know, is right up there, right with Kelsey and Kittle as one of the best tight ends in the league. It's not, I mean, we've seen Kelsey have four touchdown games. He could easily have a three, four touchdown game. And there is momentum with him specifically, right? Like, because Mahomes would also get credit for those, but it does feel like people would have no problem voting for Travis Kelsey. Goddard would have to have a massive game. But it's not inconceivable to see like nine catches, 120 yards, two or three touchdowns. Maybe he has a couple sweet like broken tackles. If you, it's basically nine to one, uh, way better than the receivers, the running backs, and definitely the quarterbacks, which one to one. I, I think that's just pretty good value. The tight end position, factoring in how good these two guys are. Yeah, running. The problem is, it's. I mean, running back is almost impossible to win it now. I mean, I think you have to go back to Terrell Davis was the last one to win it um and both these two teams I mean, you, use a lot of running backs too right yes so, they use a lot of running backs and i mean damian williams in the super bowl where mahomes won it he had two he had 125 rushing yards two touchdowns including the game winner 
and then the one to take the lead, like to put the game away. I mean, and he didn't even win it. Mahomes won it. So yeah, the but it's interesting enough. If you go back, there's been 57 MVPs. There's like two MVPs in one Super Bowl. The 31 of them have been quarterbacks. So it's not as heavy as you might assume. And there's been what, eight receivers, seven running backs, and then and a mix of 11 defenders and special teams. Never been a tight end. Now, maybe so that's like a talking point. And you have Kelsey who could just get, especially with the wide receiver injuries, he could get targeted in this game like 15 to 20 times and just have an absolute monster game. And I think I do think that the Eagles are vulnerable against tight ends. And you could say tight ends have never won it, which is fair because like it went, but Kelsey's like a wide receiver. Yeah. Right? I mean, we can say he's a tight end. So yeah, I, I don't hate that. It's my the only thing is it's like if Mahomes is a little Mahomes has such star power and like it's a kind of a narrative award that if if no matter what Kelsey does, is it still gonna go to Mahomes? That is my only fear. Um, but I, I don't hate that. If there's is we're gonna have a tight end eventually, and if there was ever a game for it, it'd be this one. Yeah, I mean, to me, he has for the MVP props, you you remove the two quarterbacks, which are basically, you know, one to one. He has the second best odds. Or I mean the yep. best odds of all the position players, better than AJ Brown, yep. better than Miles Sanders. So when I look at MVP odds, I I look at it a little bit like you could I don't blame anyone for taking, you know, one of the quarterbacks, especially Mahomes. Uh but if you look at the Eagles, if they're gonna win it, to me, back to the tight end thing, Goddard's like fifty six to one. Feels a little less likely as you saw last week, like not really on point with the two wide receivers, you know, are, are either one of them going to have a massive game, you know, Goddard, it just feels a little more likely at 56 to one. And then from the, the chief's perspective, you know, he got a little banged up clearly in that Bengal game, but they, they love this Pacheco guy. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility that he accumulates two, maybe three touchdowns? If he gets a couple goal line type carries, they'll throw on the ball, they'll run the ball with them. Uh, the Eagles are susceptible you know, to the run for, you know, really good defense. They were better, clearly, I think, in the month of December. But it was going to be a huge test against the Niners, and we didn't really get to see it because they couldn't throw. So I, I kind of like Isaiah Pacheco, you know, just pretty long odds at 43 to 1, where you're looking at some of these other guys, like 13 to 1, 25 to 1, like Miles Sanders. Like, I have a hard time seeing one Eagle running back at it because they just, they can rotate the guys and they'll write a hot hand. Uh, though it's not inconceivable that Miles Sanders has, you know, 100 yards and maybe like a 50-yard touchdown run, and it's kind of a sexy game. But I, I, I would be more inclined to take Pacheco. Yeah, it's, it's still it's it's hard for yeah. I would I would go with tight ends over running backs here. And Pacheco, look, he's still a rookie, so maybe they, and near the goal line, they don't trust him as much with, with the ball handling. So, but and look, this MVP bet in the Super Bowl um, is supposed to be fun. Um, for you sure, know, you're not betting this to for your your job and I did Devin White. I did Devin White in the Tampa Chiefs game, and remember he had like 20 tackles. He had a sack. I think he had a, almost had a pick. I mean, obviously he didn't yeah. win it, but he had a good case at like 50 yeah. to one. I'm like, I'm gonna hit this. Yeah, and then there's like there's a guy. So if you want to go with a random defender, and there's been plenty. I mean, Dexter Jackson, Malcolm Smith, that just l- luck into a you know a pick six, and then they recover a fumble. So if you like a certain defender, want to root for, but the best part about the MVP, you know, if you have tight ends, it's the whole game. You're just rooting for, you, so you're gonna be rooting for every tight end near the goal line to get a touchdown. Like just throw it to the tight end, it makes it more fun. And yeah, if there's ever gonna be a Super Bowl for a tight end to be the first MVP, it's this one. First touchdown, also always a little fun. 
you know, I, I, with the Chiefs, Kelsey's odds are so good. I mean, does MVS clear? You know, I, I think it's pretty clear that Mahomes starting to trust the guy. He, he's made big plays before, not just for the Chiefs, but you know, in his career, he's played for a real team when the Packers get him eighteen to one first touchdown. Don't hate that. I also, um, I also don't mind if you want to take a flyer now on this name might shock you, Jody Fortson. So Jody Fortson, especially with all of the Chiefs injuries, last week he played. I think uh, you know he's like their. I guess we'd be like their third tight end, but he's basically he's kind of more of like a receiving tight end. Last week he played a bunch of snaps because of all the injuries, and 29% of his career receptions have gone for a touchdown. 38% of his targets this season have come inside the 10-yard line, and he's averaging eight routes per game. So you could find some stupid, silly numbers out there on Jody Fortson, even just anytime touchdown. Um, so with all the potential injuries. I like that. Just, 40, I got him 45-1 to 1 first touchdown score. It's pretty good odds. Yeah, and I like the Chiefs will have some, especially early on, they'll have some, you know, kind of exotic plays drawn up when they get near the goal line. It could be a Fortson touchdown with all the attention on Kelsey. I could see it. Andy will have no problem running some play that like the Joe Namath Jets ran, you know, in like 1968. Yep. You know, yep, and obviously they're not running wide receivers. They'll have like three tight ends. So, yep. <laughs> I'll, you know, he's they're a lock to do that, right? I mean, he's done Absolutely. it before with like the Rose Bowl from like the 40s. You got to keep it light. You know, they did it with the Raiders with the ring around the Rosie. So when you do stuff like that, it does open it up to a random guy getting it, right? Because everyone yep, freaks yep. out. They're just going to go to the best player. And then the rando cuts in the corner of the end zone. He's wide open. Yep. Yeah. You, do you have any other props that you like? Uh, it's tough with the, like, I, I don't mind Hertz rushing yards under again. I think it's around the same number. I like that last week. I think teams are he, – he's not fully healthy. Teams are starting to scout what the Eagles do. They have two weeks to do it here. I think they're going to take a similar approach to the Niners. Like, you're going to have a spy, uh, and they're going to you know rush on the edges a similar way to make sure that he's just contained. Um, so I don't mind that. It's tough on the Chiefs because we don't know, like, who's healthy at receiver yet. Um, I like that forts in one. I, I, I want another – a prop that I like, an, an, a weird prop, is – because I like the Chiefs to win, um, and ultimately I just think like when I when this first line first came out and I've Patrick Williams an underdog, I think in ten years Eagles could e- I mean Eagles could easily win this game, but in ten years I'm going to be like I I didn't bet Patrick Williams an underdog against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, th- to me, that's basically what it boils down to. Uh, Jake Elliott under seven and a half kicking points. It's about even money. Um, he has he by the way he's one of only two kickers that has missed an extra point in the Super Bowl since 1990 him and Guskowski under seven half kicking points so I like the Chiefs to win and I think that this will be a higher scoring game which means two things it's more extra points than field goals and this is the Eagles are because I think they're gonna be playing from behind and I think they know this is a smart staff they go for a ton of fourth downs and so yeah, and you can see a missed extra point here, but I think that's a tad high, and I think you're going to see the Eagles be really aggressive, another reason why I like the over, and I think you'll see the Chiefs do the same. So, yeah, Jake Elliott under seven and a half kicking points. Also, teams the Chiefs have been really unlucky from a uh, kicking standpoint 
of opposite of the you know, opposing teams. Teams have made every single extra point against them this year, 100, percent and the average is like 94. And 94% of field goals, the average is like 85%. So, and no one has missed a kick against the Chiefs. So that means not, I mean, just law of averages, regression. Maybe it's just times come comes due here in the Super Bowl and you see a couple misses. So, yeah, that's a random one I like. And uh, I don't mind Hurts under passing yards, like 247. The problem is because I like the Chiefs, they might be playing from behind. But he's he's gone under 244 in 12 of 17 games. And we don't know if he's fully healthy. So, um, and I think that they'll be able to run the ball on the Chiefs with their back. So, yeah, I kind of like that as well. And you said Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders to lead the game in rushing yards, plus 175. I think that there's some value there after, like, all all the split carries of late. Um, I think this is the game where you say, look, we're going to give it to Miles more than we have. It's the last game. And then the Chiefs have such a split. And Mahomes isn't fully healthy with his ankle. Hurts, I think, will be contained. So I think that there's value on Miles Sanders plus 175 to be the leading rusher in this game. Hey, before I get you out of here, because I don't think I'll talk to you again for a while on the pod, did uh, you have any non like Purdue, you know, the elite teams that could win the national championship that you get decent odds on right now in college basketball? Because it does. I-, I watched a little Xavier last night, Xavier Providence, sneaky, pretty good game. Uh, y- you like any like, uh, you know, five to 15 level teams that, that could win the whole thing. Feels wide open. Yeah. I, yeah. As wide open as you'll ever see in this year, there's no elite teams. If I think if you're fifth top 15 to 20, you got a this shot year, have, have a, has a shot. My team, my pick to win it shop around and see the best number that you can have. I, this is my pick to win it before the year. TCU, Mike miles, who's a, will play in the NBA is the best transition guard in college. Basketball. He hyperextended his knee. Um, they thought it was ACL and their season would have been over, but they have two guards, him and ball who are NBA caliber. They both actually went into the draft, didn't hire an agent and pulled out and came back. They are deadly in transition. And then they are dominant on the offensive glass. They almost beat Arizona last year. That really good Arizona team. They got even better. Great coach and Jamie Dixon. They can just get out score. They're not too three point reliant. They have NBA talent. And they have a guy in Miles who should be back in, you know, two to three weeks. I think you could find a good price on them. And he's a guy who could take over a game late. Um, I really like TCU. They they were hurt, like a couple, couple that ball had got suspended because he talked to an agent the first like four games. So they lost like a couple random games. So their their season-long metrics are down. But if you remove their first like four games, they've been the, the third best team in the country in a lot of advanced metrics since. And I agree. I think they're a top five team. You can find pretty good odds on them because Miles is going to come back. Uh, I, I like TCU. Then they, I mean, pretty recently beat Kansas at Kansas. Yeah, they beat them by 30 yeah. um, when they were fully healthy, which never happens in Fog Allen. And yeah, if you want to take a flyer on Xavier, very well coached. Um, they have bigs who can shoot and rebound. The Sule Boom, a really good guard. That They're, they're a really complete team. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that you, you see a team you like, you watch them and you're like, all right, this team, top 15, 20 team, and you like what you see. This is the year to take a flyer yeah, on 30, them. 40 there's, there's to a, one. You're, you're going to get yeah. odds. It's not, there's not just some Anthony Davis led Kentucky team. That's just out there. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get a, like, uh, and then you're going to say, ah, oh, shit, I'm in a, uh, a, a, I'm in the quadrant, the quarter with a team that I can't beat. It's the most dominant one. See, they're going to come through. Like, no, there's not, there's not one of those teams this year. 
Um, so yeah, take a if you like Xavier. Uh, if you want like to join the it's the year of the Horn Frogs, bro. Yeah, uh, true. <laughs> that, that would be that would be remo- honestly if they just made the Final Four. What a yes. year for that athletic program. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, Stucky, uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy uh, you go out to Vegas for some of the NCAA tournament stuff. Yeah, I'm actually this year. I'm actually going out for the first weekend, which is always a zoo. I've heard that's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's always do that. Do that one time in your life. I then I'm I'm like I'm too old for it, but I I got to go out for like podcast stuff, and I'll have a really good time. But it's it's crazy, and it's like so everything's so expensive and yeah. um, packed. My favorite is go to like either conference tournament weekend, the second weekend, Final Four. It's all fun. But you got do the first weekend once. Put it on your bucket list. Like if you're listening, you ever have like a an old, a bachelor party or an older guy's trip or like a reunion with like do that once if you just want to. Um, and then it's like, eh, it's a little much I mean, if I was 21, but, um, I will be out there from like Wednesday to Monday, um, all week. So if you find me, I'll tweet out where I am. That's Ducky two on Twitter. I'll always happy to buy, uh, followers, drinks and sweat some games. Well, enjoy it, bro. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Have a good one. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.